This podcast is part of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed may not reflect those of other podcasts or affiliates of this show or Gunna Geek. Check out other geeky podcasts at GunnaGeek.com. And get ready because geekiness commences in three, two, one. Google Hangouts shows you the people's name and then the last thing they typed at you. Is the people's name The Rock's new finisher? Not what I said. So now for the next several days, on the right-hand side of my Gmail tab, because I I have a plug-in that makes that a thing. But you, that's in, that is impressive. Thank you. It will now say Jonathan Martin, I have pissed in all caps. That's pretty good. The last thing that you said to me... Uh, that was hanging out there for a while, was I can jump really high, which is pretty good. <laughs> That's a pretty good thing to be showing <laughs> under your name. If I could high-five you in the dick right now, I totally would. If you could high-five me in the dick. What? That's not what I said. I said if I could high-five you right now. I, I said if I could high-five you right now, I totally would. I think you said if you could high-five me in the dick. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Really? What are you talking about this episode? Well, I definitely want to talk about the Oculus Rift thing, which could take up some time. Fucking nerd. And then now that the Diablo 3 expansion has come out, as well as Hearthstone, I want to talk about that along with just Blizzard in general. So it's going to be a chilly podcast. Ho ho! I would high-five you so hard in the dick right now. I would Why would you high-five me in the dick? What the f*** are you talking about? of listener listener that's you do you see the clue where's the clue point at the podcast waveform did you just just blues clues our podcast yes you could say i blew the listener (laughs) to kick off episode 65 of unqualified gamers and I thought you were going to be talking less on this episode. That was my I hope. Will, I will that talk was, less. That was your promise to me. I will talk less after I intro the pot. Well, now we've introed it. And now you, you actually have to talk still. Do I? Well, yeah, you have to continue to intro. Okay, you could intro. I don't know how to do that. What do you think this is? Uh, all right, fine. I'm Cody, and this is John. And to, on today's episode, we're going to... Curl up inside of a fireplace and talk about Oculus Rift, the acquisition. And I'm not talking about Ferengi, I'm talking about the Facebook. Did you follow any of that? I didn't, because I think Ferengi are stupid. What? What is... Okay. And you're just going to choose to ignore the fact that I suggested that the listener curl up inside of a fireplace. No, actually, I was going to bring that up too. I don't know what that means. Well, Wait, does it actually mean curl up inside of a fireplace? I mean, the listener would be exceptionally warm. Listener, true. It's not that cold anymore, though. This week's assignment to you, listener, depends on where they live. They could be in Alaska or Smolensk, Russia, or Sochi. So- I, so- I believe Sochi's actually pretty nice. I think it's pretty temperate. It's true, but I'm going to choose to ignore that fact. And, listener, your assignment this week is curl up inside of a fireplace, take a selfie, 
and email it to unqualifiedpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll post it on our Google Plus page. If, if we get anybody that actually do, does that, uh, well, we've gonna, made it. That's going to be awesome. No, that's going to be. made it. <laughs> I, I agree with you. That'd be really awesome. Thank I you. I don't think it's going to happen. Hey, we that's agreed awesome. on something. So we're going to talk Oculus Rift, and then John got the new Diablo 3 expansion, so we'll talk about that. And by we, I mean him while I sit here and drink myself into oblivion. And probably some other stuff that we'll touch on. But we never go on tangents, so that's good at least that we can keep our focus. Yeah, we're always on point. Always on right. point. Like a tennis and player. Er, what? Like, because ten- in tennis, there's, like, point set match. I didn't get the joke. Yeah, but I, I didn't make it very well. Well, wait, was it a joke, or were you just talking about tennis? Because I know nothing about... Either tennis or jokes. And that's probably why the joke didn't work that well, because I also don't know anything about tennis. Or jokes. Less about tennis. Well, le- less ab- less about tennis. Fewer about tennis. Fewer about tennis. Fewer so, about tennis. But no tangents here. Uh, hey, there was some big news, though, about Oculus Well, but Rift. wait, before we get into that, uh, no, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get so, into it now. Let's get so, into it deep. I, I want to get deep inside of it. I know. Okay. We both do. We both do. This is something for both of us. It can fit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, Oculus Rift, which was that really cool technology that I can't remember. You did not demo it at E3 when you went when you visited E3 this summer because you were at E3, right? I had not heard of it until after I got back from E3 and you asked me if I tried it at E3. When you visited E3? Yeah. Right. Okay. So when you were at E3... Um, over the summer, I think that was the first time that the public, uh, like when you were in, when you were in LA for E3, um, that was the first time that I think the public really got to see Oculus Rift. And you would have had a chance being at E3 to see it. You just probably didn't have time with all the other stuff you were seeing at E3 when you went there this right. summer, right? So um, if you, I guess, if you follow, do not follow the game industry kind of at all, and you're just kind of oblivious, like. Well, really, like you and I are. Um, the Oculus Rift is like the new, the new promise of virtual reality in video games, right? So it's this big headset-looking thing like you used to put on at Dave & Buster's. That's a video game, a restaurant place, by the way. Um, that they used to have these big goggle things but you could play a game called Dactyl Nightmare. Have you ever heard of this? Dactyl what? Nightmare? Did you ever no? play Dactyl Nightmare? Okay. Um, obviously, you're not qualified to be on this podcast. Right. Um, it, was, it was about the worst virtual reality you could possibly imagine. It, I mean, it was, we're talking like 15 years ago they had this technology. But it was, it was really bad. So think of graphics as they were 15 years ago with the intent of making like an immersive experience, right? with a headset. It just looked like shit. It looked really bad. So, um, that, and, and up until like last year, that was the last experience that the general public had had with, uh, virtual reality. So what about the virtual boy? So this company comes along, um, doesn't count Oculus. And I don't remember the name of the actual company. Is it Oculus limited? Something like that. Oculus, Oculus Virtual Holodeck Reality Experience Incorporated Corporation Co. Limited. Limited. LLC. Well, of course it's an LLC. They'd be dumb if they tried to do anything else. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. 
So uh, they came along and they were like, hey, we are going to try to make this. We think technology has come far enough that we think we can make a really good virtual reality headset. So they started on this quest and over the course of, I think a couple years, they they started perfecting this technology and uh, they, they had a Kickstarter and that was where they, they accrued the, basically their starter funds, right? Am I right? I and then right. quite a bit. They, they asked for a sum and they got, they eight, got a lot, eight times the sum or 10 or something crazy. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. If not, it was million, the, it was in the millions. It was in the millions. Okay. So they got a lot of money from backers. So, um, and, they got a lot of. They had kind of had a lot of steam building because of all of the video game outlets. Um, all just had been kind of raving about this technology because it was almost unbelievable in terms of the the quality that they were getting out of this thing. So um, they disappeared for a while because they were they were working on making it better, um, and they were acquiring some big names. Um, I think they got they got Cliff Blazinski from Epic, who was I. Th- I don't know if it was Epic's founder. It might have been Epic's founder. Um, but he's a big name in video games. Big name in video games. And they got him. Um, they've they've been acquiring top talent for a while. They got, I think they just got somebody from Valve. Um, some big name from Valve. That sounds about right. Yeah. So they um, that has been kind of w- what they've been doing. Um, except seemingly out of nowhere after... Um, What's the name of that convention? Uh, South by Southwest? Yep. Seemingly out of nowhere, South by Southwest just happened like last week. The day after South by Southwest was done, Facebook announced that they would be buying Oculus Rift as a, as like a company. They'd be buying the company. And they bought the company for $2 billion with a B. And this is a company that's like 10 or 11 people large. And they started. They like they started off as like I, I think it started off as one dude, but it's a really small company. And Facebook, Facebook offered two billion dollars, which to me is that is staggering. It is an insane amount of money. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Um. So I, I didn't really have any kind of dog in in the fight. I, I was gonna kind of wait for the verdict to to really come out as far as Oculus was concerned before I kind of passed any judgment, you know? Um, and I still kind of don't have a dog in the fight. I still don't have a lot of investment in Oculus. I don't know if you do. No, um, none at all. But there are some people, um, especially people that like backed the project on Kickstarter, right? Um, there are some people that are not happy. Imagine about... that. Someone on the internet that likes video games is unhappy about something. Right, that they are not happy about the fact that Oculus uh, Rift was bought by Facebook. So um, that is, I guess, unsurprising, right? That's unsurprising. Um, and I think it might have, it's gotten a little out of hand. Is that fair to say? <laughs> yes, it, okay. it, it was immediately out of hand. Okay, so there are report there are reports, and you may have heard this, but there are reports of people that work for Oculus Rift getting death threats over this, which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like people people need to simmer down. Well, that's par for the course in the gaming industry. I mean, 
if if a weapon takes too long to reload in the Call of Duty series, you're gonna get death threats. And yeah. you work for Activision. Doesn't matter what team you're on, you could be a salesperson. Doesn't matter. It's just it it is to me it's just the dumbest thing I've ever heard, right? Gamers are really into issuing death threats. That's a, it's a weird thing to say. And it's a weird thing to be into, isn't it? It's it's a weird thing to say, but it is definitely true. Yeah. And I, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not proud of my fellow gamers. I, I do not condone death threats, but it's what the culture has become. Sure. So, um, but okay, so so basically things are getting out of hand with with people being up in arms about the fact that Facebook bought them. And the whole thing is this speculation. And 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 here's kind of the, the story why. So Oculus Rift has always been develop it's always been in development by people in the video game industry. The people that came from the video game industry and the promise of this thing was to be a a a, a technology that is and the idea of it being solely used for video games is so dumb to me, but it it was supposed to be a vehicle for, for new video game experiences. That was like the promise, right? Right. And the fear now is that video gamers are not going to be getting what was promised out of this technology that probably the large majority out of them did not invest any money in from the Kickstarter in the first place. So really it's like, it's a bunch of people feeling entitled to something that they they probably didn't even help to fund. I think that's probably fair. Well, well, what they're feeling is not fair. Yeah, no, I'm saying what I said is fair. That like Wait, what you these said are, is fairly accurate. Is yeah, what you're these, saying? Yes, these are people that I really think that the majority of these people don't like. They didn't invest in this technology in any way. So, but uh, as as a whole, let's try to examine that sentiment right okay so i get that you want this technology to be in gaming because that was what i guess they promised you or what was promised out of this but if you take a step back and look at what this technology is right this idea of virtual reality i don't know how any any person that is at all in tune with just technology in general can't be excited about the prospect of using this for lots of stuff. Like, like even if you divorce it from the video game, and this is my, this is obviously me, my opinion here, but if you divorce the concept of this virtual reality thing from video games, just in general, and you just use it as you just look at it as just like a a technology that can be used in, in any way you want it to. Like the idea of like, going to places that you may never have the option to go to, whether they be real world places or whether they be like imaginary fantasy worlds that you don't necessarily have to like play games in, but say you want to like have a, have group meetings or something, right? Like being able to do this over the internet in such a way where it's, it's completely virtual reality. Like that, that kind of stuff is, is really cool. I, there are like, you could use this for medical treatments. You could use it for, I don't, I, the possibilities are endless, right? right? So it seems to me like a very selfish view to pigeonhole it into saying, oh, it's, it, this is going to, this is and should be just a gaming device to me. Because I think that the applications and, you know, it's not, it's not my responsibility to think of the applications for this. 
I wish I was that smart. It's the people who just got $2 billion for the technology. It's their responsibility. But it seems to me like there should be like an endless amount of applications for this device. And that is way more exciting to me. The fact that a, a company bought this technology that is in more than just games. That is actually more exciting to me than the idea of just using this technology for games. Because you know that that's, that that's going to happen anyway. The games are going to happen anyway? Yes, because there's going to be develop Because the, the people that make this technology will license it out or, or sell it to game developers who will then be able to use it if they want to. Like, games don't have to be developed by the company that makes the Oculus Rift, right? Right. It's like when smartphones came out. There were a lot of business apps at first and music apps and things, but now there's literally every kind of thing you can think of on your phone. Exactly. And that's like that's what's going to happen with the Oculus Rift. So I think overall, it's just as a technological society, I think it is far more of a boon to have this company with a larger scope. Because from what every gaming outlet who to be fair are going to be the they are going to be the the people with the most hands on time with this because that is what this was originally intended to be from everything that they have said about this device it is it is like the future it is the future it feels like the future yeah every review or reaction about the thing i've heard is like it you put it on and you immediately know it's going to change the world yeah and that is so exciting to me that that could could be changing the world in more ways than just applying it to video games. So I I do not understand. I'm having a hard time understanding the reaction, the the strength of the reaction from people. Now, I think I think the the people that got the 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 most press with their reactions are the people that backed it originally in, on Kickstarter. And I think their problem was they feel like they've been sold a bill of goods a little bit. But yeah. but I think they may be kind of misconstruing what Kickstarter really is. Yeah, and, horribly. Right. So Kickstarter is not an investment. It is not an investment in a company. Correct. Right. And I think that that is, that is like the most misunderstood concept of Kickstarter. When you back a Kickstarter, and this is important that you like understand this as anybody who's going to back a Kickstarter, it's important you understand this. You're not, you're not back, you're not investing in the company unless that is like strictly stated in the Kickstarter. I think there are some Kickstarters that do that. I don't, I think they are, that is a very rare thing though. Um, when you back a Kickstarter, you are, you are investing in a in a, a hope like you are you are investing just in, and investing is not even the right word you are showing support for somebody's idea right like <laughs> yeah. you just are you are are telling somebody that you have faith in their idea and that you think that they have the ability to take this idea to some other level now they may promise you something on this idea for instance the kickstarter for the Kickstarter for Oculus Rift, if you hit a certain threshold, one of the rewards was you got a developer kit for the Oculus Rift, which is a developer unit. They sent you a unit that you could then start using to to build games on. That was like the original pitch. Well, to my knowledge, they, they got all their developer units out. So they didn't 
they didn't miss any thing. Like they didn't they they honored all of the they they honored all of the requirements that they had from Kickstarter. I think there are a couple of things that they like some of their higher tiers. I want to say like at one they they promised a tour of their office or something like that, and that, that I guess they haven't delivered on yet. But I'm sh- I'm sure they will, right? I'm sure that like, right. they'll they'll find a way to do that that kind of thing. But the the point is is that you when you do a Kickstarter, when you invest in a Kickstarter, you don't have any creative control over that person's project in the long run. In fact, that person or company is not even required to release their product. That is not a requirement. Yeah, you can back a video game that never that never sees the light of day. Exactly. Dies in development. Exactly. And there's nothing you could do about it. Like they are not responsible for your money at that point. So the people that think that Oculus is not going to be a video game thing, which it kind of sounds like it's not going to be. It's it's not their responsibility to make it that anymore. Like, you just gave them money for the initial idea. You didn't give them money to make a video game-related peripheral. Or console, Correct. even. Or anything. Now, that having been said, I have read both sides of the argument. And yes, well, I haven't really read both sides of the argument. I've just read about people complaining and I agree with what you're saying. No, you don't have the right to any of that stuff. But if I had given money to the Kickstarter, which I hadn't, I could, like, basically, I think those people have a right to be pissed because it's freedom of speech. They do. And I realized that legally, Oculus Rift was not required to do anything. Le- legally and technically, based on Kickstarter's rules, no, they didn't have to do anything. No, they, you know, no, they didn't have to not sell to Facebook. No, they didn't have to, you know, like, no, they didn't have to do anything. I get it. Okay, so you you shouldn't, I would say even can't be pissed that they didn't deliver. I think there's still some, and I mean just the fact that we're in America and there's freedom of speech, literally bare minimum. At the bare minimum, if you invested in a video game company and whatever messaging they were putting out or whatever mission statement they were claiming, like you mentioned about how they said that it was going to be all for gamers or whatever it was, if you feel they were dishonest, then you have the right to be unhappy about it. As an American citizen, okay, you can be unhappy. But in terms of the entitlement to get your money back or this shouldn't have happened or or any anything concrete or tangible, like at the end of the day, one person is responsible for your money and that is you. And if you give it to something and then are unhappy with the result, tough shit. That is that's the real world. That's the adult world. Welcome to life that happens. The law is not always micromanaging everyone in the universe to help right every wrong you feel has been done against you. So, and so I agree with you. If these people have the right to be pissed, then I also have the right to say you're acting kind of dumb. And I'm on your side. I totally agree with everything you're saying. Uh, There was a while when I was, when I was like, no, you, how could you even be angry? Blah, blah, blah. It's, it's whatever. And you know, like at the end of the day, no, you or I might get angry at something similar to this when we have no quote-unquote right to be. 
we they might i like i can see that perspective there's there's stuff sometimes that a company or a, or a sports team or an organization will do and you kind of feel a little entitled and you get angry i i get angry at professional wrestling somewhat often i do get I, and i can agree with you i do get angry sometimes when my when the sports teams that I follow do what I consider like a bonehead move or something. Exactly. And that's the thing. That's, that's all this is, is people are considering that they're making a stupid move. And I, yeah, you've got a right to do that. But in terms of what you talked about earlier, entitlement, like, no, you're not getting your Kickstarter money back. No, they don't owe you anything. They, they don't owe you anything. They're doing what they think is best for business. And you have two options. Put up or shut up. That's not your two options, really. Those but aren't your two options. But not your, two, your two options are basically either don't support this project when it when it finally does hit re- like release or or do support it. And that's exactly right. When I get really mad at, at the WWE for stuff, I know I have two options. If I can keep giving them money and ratings and invest myself in their product, or I can stop. And you know what? If they continue putting out a product that's good enough for me to be hooked in i'm gonna continue doing it and they know that and you know what that kind of sucks for me guess what some of my favorite wrestlers get crappy spots some of them lose matches because you know it's pre-planned did you know that i don't know if you knew that it's what yeah so all that stuff but at the end of the day they still don't suck enough for me to turn it off and i think oculus rift i think those guys they look at facebook Offering them a two billion dollar check, and to be fair, I believe it's almost 400, seven, it's four hundred million dollars of cash, one hundred one billion, whatever's left, one point six billion in stock options. Yeah, stuff. so the vast majority of stock is Facebook stock. Well, which, the vast majority, but when you talk about a team of ten people, four hundred million dollars is a lot of money, right? Like that's. That's that's more than I could spend in my lifetime, I think. Oh, no, they're still hitting a payday. It's still a lot of money. But either way, they look at Mark Zuckerberg walking their way with $2 billion. Speaking of Mark Zuckerberg, if you want to purchase the unqualified gamer's name um, and everything that goes along with our brand, we are open to uh, negotiation. That's true. Actually, yes, Mr. Zuckerberg, if you're listening to this... I think we could uh, – we would take, it. I think, a reasonable offer. I don't even think we would need a billion. No. no. Well, really? Yeah, no, no. I mean, we, that we'll – It would be to, nice. We'll talk, it would certainly be nice. We'll talk to our lawyer about yes, that. Yes, our lawyer. Yes. Isn't, that, isn't your wife our lawyer? She's our lawyer. Okay. So, so there's that. And yeah. Well, what do you think about the idea of, of Oculus maybe not just being used for video games? I agree, and it actually – this whole Oculus Rift thing made me think a lot about the – about our name, Unqualified Gamers, which even though I violently battled against that remaining – continuing to be our name because at some point won't we be qualified? But I thought about it, and I was like, this is the perfect example of us admitting that maybe we're not qualified to judge any of this. Because I've seen a lot of YouTube reactions and a lot of blog comments and blog posts and people in comment sections and they're like, oh, Facebook's going to do this and Oculus is going to do this and developers are going to do this and all these things. And at the end of the day, none of you, and listener, if you're one of them, 
you are included. You don't know what you're talking about. Facebook, and, and by that I mean Facebook is a multi, multi, multi billion dollar company. Yeah, I mean we're talking about we're talking about a company now that that you know it's not as it's not as diverse as Google, but they are trying to diversify into so many different places to stay relevant. They are. They're they're diversifying. There are business reasons behind decisions that are made because of decisions that are made behind other decisions. I, I mean, the sheer amount of bureaucracy and time and energy and effort and everything that is put into this is there is no possible way any of us could comprehend it none of us none of us you john me cody listener you nobody of us three collectively have any idea what mark zuckerberg specifically is planning on doing with this product he probably has some ideas or he doesn't we don't even know that we don't know if he has an idea or not it would actually be really interesting and i you know i could absolutely see it where he just was like hey i understand that this thing is like future tech and he could have just been like hey i just want to buy this i'm gonna let them do whatever the hell they want to do with it but i want like the back end money from it it's true and that's what it seemed like because the the oculus rift developers did a Reddit Ask Me Anything. They did a Reddit AMA right after the acquisition, and they said several things. They said, this isn't going to affect our gaming at all. We're still going to focus on games. All this capital gives us more to play with so we can buy more expensive equipment to help us get this done more quickly and efficiently and not have to worry about doing things like crowdfunding. Now they have the money because not all of that $2 billion is going into their pockets. I mean... Some of this is going to be, I would presume, going into the company to help them purchase, you know, new technology and I'm things sure. to apply. But that's another thing we don't know. Is Facebook going into their offices and buying $1 billion of NASA-level equipment or beyond? We don't know. I don't know. I saw an article earlier today uh, about comparing Facebook to Yahoo!, and it was it said something about how Facebook is kind of the Yahoo of today, and it it brought up an interesting point that a, Facebook kind of has reached its limit in terms of technological capability in how it can roll out to users, and this is very relevant because back in the day Yahoo was great and Yahoo made some improvements and updates and things, but then they couldn't really continue to update because. A lot of their users are using outdated technology and outdated computers and outdated software. And Facebook's got the same thing. When you've got 1 billion people on Facebook, they tried to roll out a new redesign that was a little more flashy, a little more photo-heavy, a little bit more rich media. Probably broke people's computers. That's the fact of the matter is that it couldn't run on a large portion of their user base's technology because now they're dragging them down. So they can't push Facebook into an entirely new realm of technology because it's weighed down by its user base. It's like a blessing and a curse. And that's part of why this particular article uh, conjectured. That's part of why Facebook is doing things like buying WhatsApp and buying Oculus Rift and buying Instagram because these are specialized products that that can produce you know, content – that people can digest in a realm outside of Facebook that's not tied to that platform 
that is now kind of tied down. And that's one theory that could be totally true or totally false that yet again, I am not qualified to speak on. So there are just so many theories. And actually, Facebook was given an $850 million offer by Yahoo 15 years ago. And Mark Zuckerberg turned it down because initially Yahoo offered them a billion. When they got to negotiating, uh, they said, oh, actually, we'll give you $850 million. And Zuckerberg said, no, turned around. Now his company is worth $150 billion. So that's a fun little story. That is a good story. Yeah, thank you. So that's what I think about it. What I think about it is for all these people saying Facebook will ruin it and Facebook will do this. Who are you to say that? You have no idea what you're talking about. Odds are pretty good you're on Facebook, those of you that are saying that. Odds Odds are also pretty good that you've never had to give Facebook any money for anything. It's true. It's it's so true. So I, I totally agree with your entitlement thing. I just it blows my mind just how authoritatively people know what's going on. Facebook is gonna ruin <laughs> Oculus Rift, and they sold out. And Zuckerberg is gonna put ads on it, and you're gonna be in virtual reality with ads all over and pop ups and. All this stuff and blah blah blah. It's like, who? What? What business class did you have? You graduated high school, really? Have you graduated college? <laughs> uh, like half the people doing this are, are are uneducated, which it's fine. You don't need a higher education to be smart, but it it would be probably you'd be a little. You can't say it without any sort of like education beyond high school that you know what a hundred fifty billion dollar company acquiring a virtual reality technology is going. I don't even think higher educational help. I don't know what kind of education you would need to even be an authority. So the fact that I think you'd have to be at the company. You'd have you'd have to be and yeah. And I I will say that because Facebook is publicly traded, they will have to be a little more. Uh, they will have to be a little more open with what they're going to be doing. Yeah, but but that's like down the road. Like they don't need to be open. Right, they don't need to talk about their intentions at all right now. It's true. It's true. So I I'm not I'm not worried about it because I don't because well because there's nothing all, well, there's nothing to know. There's nothing to know. I I that's my bottom line is I think there's nothing to know. If you want my conjecture, and this is simply conjecture, I'm not going to say like this is what Mark Zuckerberg wants to do. What I would imagine he would like to do is close to what you mentioned about the conference calls, maybe being able to be in a virtual conference room, looking around back and forth at people. I would imagine he would possibly, if he wants to go down the Facebook interpersonal connections route, find a way to capture a scene with a person that you know so that you can spend, quote unquote, spend time with that person not only from afar, but also beyond mortal means. Like you shoot a some kind of 3D scene with your grandmother or something and she passes away and then you can put it on and then there is some kind of interaction with that person. I think it'll get weird and a little borderline morose and macabre and, and then we'll get into some larger conversations as a society about like mortality and it could be some weird stuff. But I think... That's something that could happen if Zuckerberg goes kind of down that route. That's like one thing I could see. But I could also see dating apps on this thing. This could redo dating. You know, I, I don't know. There's a zillion possibilities. But but I agree. I think there's a lot of different potential things that could happen. 
and I I see no reason to get angry at any of it. My point, my point, just to to wrap it up, is that gamers don't don't be selfish. There's lots of other people that are doing lots of other stuff with technology, and a lot of it's really cool. So don't be shell, don't be selfish. It's not all for you. And don't be shellfish. And don't be a shellfish, because uh, those aren't for you either. Because then, if I use thunder on you, it's super effective. And my right. Dedene is level fifty something, and he is a beast. I'm sorry, what? I well, here's a flawless transition. As always, before we talk about, we'll take a, a pause from the heavier topics to to just briefly mention what our listeners played this weekend. Since I'm not reviewing anything, I'll let you know what I played this weekend. I I played, I I took Bravely Default out of my 3DS and went back to Pokemon Y. Okay, just like. Cause just for you wanted you needed a change for a second. I missed it. God, what a good game! God, what a good game! I missed you too. I have the eighth badge. I have over three hundred Pokemans in my Pokedex, and it's so fun. It's such a good game. I love it. And I I did not get a chance to play Lightning Returns over the last week or so, but I'm going to finish that hopefully knock on wood this week and be able to review that next week. Okay, so that's what I did. Now, what else do people play? Now, Justin says Fez is finally out on PS3, so he was checking that out last weekend. Fez. Does it still have bugs? Do you know? Do they fix all the bugs? I doubt it. Okay. I mean, I don't think they would for just... I don't think they would for a a port like that. And actually, listener, I've been working on migrating... Still, of course, three months later. Migrating our old podcast episodes over to our website, unqualifiedgamers.com. And I actually just posted an episode in which John and I talk about Fez 2 being canceled. And, John, actually, you probably say a lot of the same things you said in today's podcast about entitlements and things like that. Because we were both pretty appalled at the way gamers treated the guy that made Fez, leading to the cancellation of Fez 2. Yeah, that's true. I do remember all of that. Yeah, so just go to unqualifiedgamers.com, and on the right side bar, there's a search bar. You can actually type in Fez 2 if you want to find it, or just scroll to our oldest post, because it's our one of our oldest ones now. Yep. Moving along, Jamie said that he would be engaging in some Final Fantasy X HD and a myriad of other things, maybe Sonic Lost World, since they released that Zelda DLC. Did you hear about that? Was that just like a regular Sonic game that they put a Zelda level in? They put a Zelda level and Link makes a cameo flying on some bird overhead, I guess. Uh, is it is it free? I don't know anything about Sonic Lost World. I would hope it's free. I would it, really it's hope a, it's free. It's a Sonic game. Sega probably made it. Yeah. Sonic Team probably made it, I would think. Percy the Gamer was playing Dungeon Defenders and Transformers Fall of Cybertron. So, so I put like... I probably put like 200 hours in Dungeon Defenders. Really? With one, with one of our friends. Yeah. Yeah, with I John? Re- Yeah, I really did. I played the hell out of that game. I missed the boat on that. You guys got it and it wouldn't run on my PC, so I never got into it with you. Yeah, it's really good. I have heard spectacular things about Transformers Fall of Cybertron. Yeah, I've actually heard good things about that too, now that you mention it. So, I should maybe check it out sometime. Did you see the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie trailer? Uh, Speaking of I, Michael Bay. I didn't, but I saw, like, what the turtles looked like. And I, I, don't, know how I, I don't know how I feel about it. Early impression, I think it looks like garbage. 
<laughs> yeah, they, well, I didn't. I don't want to say garbage. They they look a little more menacing than like I'd like. No, not just the turtles. I'm talking about the movie. About four well, seconds into the trailer, it shows a bunch of terrorists with guns. Like really? It's a, it's a Michael. It's a Michael Bay flick. Yeah, it's no. women will be filmed like cars and cars will be filmed like women. I mean, that's... I hate it well, already. He doesn't make good movies. Nope. Vintage gamer Charlie was going to play a Castlevania Aria of Sorrow and maybe some jump and shoot man. And then in parentheses, he says Mega Man 4, because I guess that's what we call jump and shoot man. Okay. Mega Man 4 is the one I never got into. I owned two, three and five growing up. I found four to be like the hardest one for me. Really? I did. I did. And a lot of people like cite three as being one of the hardest ones, but I think I played it so much. I played three so many times that I think I played it so much that it had just become easy for me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah, four was, four was tough for me. See, cause I had a friend that that thought five was hard and I used to be able to beat five, like nothing, but that's yeah, I, I never had problems with five either. Yeah. But I also played it. Every couple weeks, I'd beat it, at least. Right. Um, so. so there's that. So, uh, hey, listeners, thanks for telling us what you're playing this weekend. What are you playing this weekend? Comment at unqualifiedgamers.com. Find our podcast that you're listening to right now and leave us a comment. And then next week, we'll talk about what you played because that's really fun. And we're recording this before April Fool's Day. But I think let's all agree, Oculus Rift being bought by Facebook is an April Fool's joke. That would be about the dumbest thing you know what would be the coolest thing did you hear about google maps uh i heard that they were doing like a real life life pokemon hunt is it something like yes that? so listener i'm sure you saw it on april fool's day but go check out the google maps pokemon parody we'll have it on our google plus page too but the trailer makes it seem like you're holding up your phone in its augmented reality and Pokemon are, like, flying out at you. That's not what it is. You can't really do that. But if you open Google Maps, when you type in the search bar, I'm actually going to open it right now because I can. Huh, multitasking. When you type in the search bar, I want to be the very best. <laughs> like no one ever was. No, if you, if you just hit the – if you just enter the search bar field, then there should be an option – it, it just pops up right underneath, like an autofill, kind of. It just automatically pops up, and there's a Pokeball next to it, and it says something like start catching or go to Pokemon Lab or something like that. And you hit it, and it zooms in to the Google Plex headquarters. Is that what they call Google's headquarters? I don't know. I don't know. So it zooms in, and it looks like a small 8-bit Pokemon Center in Google Maps in California. Yeah, by the Google Plex. And then surrounding it are various Pokemon, just small 2D sprites of Pokemon just in random places on your map. And uh, I actually just found one that I that I missed earlier. So I, I press the Pokemon, and it's Joltik. It's a, I press it, and it says Joltik, a wild Pokemon appeared. And I hit catch because there's a Pokeball to the right of it that says catch. I hit it, and it says caught. Turns into a colorful thing, and then a pop-up comes in the middle of my screen that says, Joltik was caught, and then shows a picture of Joltik, like the art picture, and then I can either view my Pokedex or dismiss. I screwed around with this for way longer than I should have this afternoon, so I have 66 Pokemon caught. You can only see Pokemon <laughs> on your Google Maps it, by scrolling around the world, 
but you have to be zoomed into a certain amount, or otherwise they won't appear. So when you search major landmarks like the White House or the pyramids or the Eiffel Tower and things like that, I'm not even sure if there are Pokemon at all of those. When you go to a major location, there's usually a couple Pokemon around. I found a ton in Sydney, Australia, of all places, and <laughs> in Japan, all over Japan. Just search for Akihabara Station, or however you say it. It's, it's Akihabara. Akihabara, yes. Akihabara Station, and from there, I just found Pokemon all over Japan. The ones in America seem to be concentrated in and around California for the most part. I found very few in New York. Uh, actually, Central Park is pretty good for them. And very few in Chicago. I found one or two in all of Chicagoland. So very disappointing there. But yeah, and when you catch them, it says on Google's April Fool's thing that if you catch all 150, they'll send all the finalists to Google headquarters to compete to be a Pokemon master. <laughs> and the winner will become Google's first official Pokemon Master employee. Oh and they, my god. They goodness. show a business card, a business card with with like a blank name and it just says Pokemon Master with the Google logo and a Pokeball. Oh god, I love Google. They're pretty good. They're, they're pretty, pretty they're pretty good. They're pretty funny. So that but that was my favorite. So honestly, I spent like an hour over my lunch break and riding the train home, like a full hour just scrolling around Google Maps randomly catching Pokemon. So I probably need to re-examine my life a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. But it was it was fun otherwise. Good. Other than that. And uh, what did you do this weekend? Anything fun? Uh, I, I played a lot of video games, took care of the boy, um, and uh, the family left. So... That was nice to have them Wait, in town. You were gone last week because your fam- your parents were in town all week. They were. They were here all week. So uh, they are no longer here all week. And uh, yeah, it was nice. Did you listen to any of last week's episode? I did, actually. It was quite good. Wait, Guy, really? Guy is too qualified for us, though. I know. He I knows know. what the hell he's talking about. I have told him this several times. He does. He knows what the- He knows what he's talking about when it comes to video games. You and I don't. It's true. I'm shocked you listened. I, I found I found him to be very informative. He is he is interesting. He is the first interesting person we've had on the podcast. Well, no, Jamie was pretty interesting, and so was uh, who is the other one? I don't know. We've had a couple of people on. No, I don't remember any of them. So <laughs> it's not true at all. It's not true at all. If you want to be a guest host on Unqualified Gamers, <laughs> email us at unqualifiedpodcast at gmail dot com. I went to Madison this weekend. Yeah, just for fun? Yes, just for fun, because I, I have a couple weeks off from my weekend job. So I hopped up there to see our friends, and I played a board game called Innovation. Have you ever heard that of it? Ga- that game's really good. I've played that game. You have played it? Yeah, it's very fun. Okay, because they were just they were actually saying that. They were like, John would love this game. They played it with me when they came up to visit me Oh, last my time. God. They definitely <laughs> said they didn't think you'd played it before. That is hilarious. Oh, because boy. They... Wow. Okay. We'll, we'll probably play it again when we come up and see you in May. Yep, you probably will. We have lots of plans for the live podcast episode that we're going to do. Listener, get ready in a month. Yeah, there'll be video with that one, too. It'll be pretty neat. That's weird. Do people really want to see our hideous faces? Not yours. Definitely not mine, but interesting. Interesting, in fact. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so, but you had fun. You had a good Interesting. Weekend. 
I, Interesting. I get it. I get it. It's the name of a thing you can do online. We have a Pinterest page. Did you know that? That's why. What are you doing to us? Branding, John. Branding. Yeah. Listener, if you're on Pinterest, go to Pinterest.com slash Cody Goff. G-O-U-G-H. And I have a couple Unqualified Gamers official boards. Okay. They're good. There's cosplay in one and video game stuff on the other. Yeah, I'm sure they're great. I'll further break it out later. Now let's talk video games. I'm done with this trite nonsense. Yeah, video games are good. So uh, you didn't you didn't really play anything though. You played more. You played more Pokemon's. Just more Pokemon and a little Bravely Default, and yeah. catching Pokemon on Google Maps. Feeling any better about Bravely Default? Any worse? About the same. Oh, that's a conversation for next week. Okay. I'm not that far into it, but that's still a conversation for next week. Yeah, but if you're, just, already t- if you're already taking it out, I mean, you know, that kind of speaks my, for itself. I needed my Pokemon fix really badly. Yeah, it kind of speaks for itself, though. And I just downloaded Papers, Please, because it was on sale. Uh-huh. So I haven't played it yet, but I'm hoping to talk about that soon. Right on. So the uh, Diablo expansion came out. And I, I, we teased this on, like, the last episode. Not really teased it. We actually talked about it a little bit. A couple weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, but um, it is, like, officially out, and I have been playing it a lot, as I tended to do with Diablo 3, when Diablo 3 was fresh. Um, and, in fact, I played Diablo 3 beyond when it was fresh. I played, I just, I played a lot of Diablo 3. Um, so the expansion came out. I was super excited about it. Basically, they, they added two big things. Um, the two big things they added were they added a, a completely new act of the game. So the act was, or the game was divided into four acts before. They added a fifth act um, that is probably on the longer end of one of the other acts of the game. Like, it's, it's as long as one of the longer acts of the game. How many acts are in the game? Five total now. There were four when the game first came out. Okay. Uh, and it was... I thought it was pretty good. Now, the story in Diablo 3 was garbage. The, the story for Act 5 in Diablo 3 is is pretty bad. But the locations that you get to go to are pretty fun and interesting. Paris? And, and there's more uh, little side events that can occur. Like they're, they're, It's a much denser um, group of like side missions. Um. So that's good because that's kind of the those are kind of like the fun thing to do when you're playing the game is to discover the the side stuff to do, do it and get rewarded for that. Um, so that was all all fine and good. The bosses were more interesting than the the rest of of Diablo three by far. Um, the last boss being relatively tricky, so that was kind of fun. Um, but that was the that was kind of the appetizer to what really they have done with the game. So the second thing that they implemented in the game was something called Adventure Mode. And I talked about this the last time I talked about the expansion a couple weeks ago, but I knew nothing about it because I wasn't really following the game all that closely. So if you go back, not two weeks ago, but if you go back, when when was the first time I talked about Diablo 3? Like, I don't know. Oh, man, like a, uh, a year ago a at least. Ago. Just, yeah, just search for Diablo 3 on our website. Yeah, it was a long time ago. So if you go back and listen to the first time that I talked about Diablo 3, I I talked about how much I loved it, first of all. Uh, But then I talked about a couple of its problems. And one of the big problems with it was that they chose with this Diablo game not to randomly generate stuff. Do you remember me saying that? Yeah. Basically, 
all of like the tile sets and stuff are all the same when you're going through the axe. Um, they don't have like randomly generated dungeons. And I said that like one of the things that this would s- super benefit from would be like an endless endless dungeons where you could just like go in and you would do an endless dungeon for you know or 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 a dungeon for like thirty floors or something like that. And the floors would be completely completely randomized every time. So it would be fresh. It'd right. be different every time. Um they didn't do that. But what they did was they opened something called adventure mode. Now there are five acts with a ton of locations to go to. A ton of locations. I'd say maybe fifty to sixty total locations. And one of the big problems with the way the game was structured before this expansion came out was that the general paradigm of the game was you would say, okay, I'm going to do a, uh, an, uh, like an act run. And you would go and you would choose what quest you wanted to start on. And you would teleport to various locations for that act. And you would just clear through areas. This is once you were done with the campaign. You would just like run through the area and kill everything and then be done. And then you would do that for just various areas of the act. And you would be confined to that act. And then once you finished that, you would kill whatever boss you, I guess, had targeted. And then you would be done. That would be your boss run. And the actual playing of the game is fun. So like, I think anyway. So like for me, that was fun. But it became stale because, you know, like... Act three always like looked the same. It was always act three, right? Yeah, you mentioned and, that it looked too repetitive. Yeah, and if you're gonna st- if you're gonna like start in act three, you're gonna be in act three for as long as it takes you to do like a full run or whatever run you're doing of that act, which you know anywhere from a half an hour to two hours that you're gonna be playing in that act. Um, so what adventure mode has done is they basically say, okay. Here are these, like, 60 locations that you have. You can go to any of them at any time, okay? There are going to be five objectives per act that we randomly generate. These objectives could be anything from kill this one particular bad guy that spawns somewhere in this area to go to, go find this randomized dungeon that, or this, go find this, um, this dungeon that will spawn on some versions of the map, go to the bottom floor of this dungeon and kill every enemy there, or go cleanse this cursed shrine that appears somewhere on this map um, randomly. And the, the key is, and the reason why it is so good, is because you can go to any place in any act any time you want by simply opening up their like main map area and just clicking on one of these areas and go in. There is immediately an objective that you have, which is separate from just going and killing everything. It could be kill stuff. Oftentimes it is kill stuff. But it is at least a concrete objective for you to go for you to go do. As soon as you are done with that objective, you receive your rewards automatically. You can then immediately jump to another location that has like a bounty at it. They, they call these things bounties. The bounties are completely randomly generated. So it's going to be different every time you open the game. And they are redone if you log out and log back in. So redone it just done meaning what? They just they respawn. Okay. These randomly generated missions respawn. So and and so one of the things that you do is you get these you get these fragments 
that you can then use. You can you get like typically around one one of these rift fragments per bounty, and you use these fragments to open up these things called nephilim rifts. It doesn't matter what they're called. They're basically just rifts to these really, really large dungeons where the sole point of them is to just destroy everything, get a ton of loot. They're often very difficult and they're very fun. I mean, they're what you're playing the game for. You're playing the game to kill a bunch of stuff and get a bunch of cool loot. That's Yes. They like let if you're not, you hulk out. Yeah, and if you're not I mean, if that's not if if you don't like like kind of loot horror games where you're just getting a bunch of loot, then like this game wouldn't have been for you in the first place. But they are like the epitome of what Diablo is, are these, like, Nephilim rifts. So, um, you just kind of, like, prepare for these rifts, and then you go and you do these rifts, and, uh, they're super fun. Um, but the, that, the, the main, like I said, the paradigm of that adventure mode, of it being, like, go in, quickly do a bounty if you want to, get out, go do another one, um, is per- it is perfect, and it freshens up the game without them having to make these en- like an endless randomized thing. Because I realized as I was, I realized as I do play this game that like the problem was being locked into these acts for the entire time. Like the real, like just just by opening up to where I can go to any act at any point that I want is enough to keep the game fresh again. So well, it's really good. good. It yeah, sounds, it's it sounds in, in so it mostly just added the act and then being able to move around more quickly. Yeah, with specific objectives. The the key to the adventure mode being interesting is that it gives you objectives. It gives you a reason to go to these places other than just because I want to kill stuff to find loot. It's like all right, you get to kill stuff to find loot because that's what this game is about, but you also get to like accrue rewards for doing these bounties that we will randomly generate. They're not going to be like the same twice. And the bounties are all go kill something? No. No, that was what I was saying is the bounties could be like go kill this one thing or they could be go clear the bottom floor of this dungeon that will spawn in this area. Uh, It could be go like they they added these cursed things like a cursed chest that will spawn... um, waves of monsters that you have to defeat in a certain amount of time. So it'll be like, go do that. So there's always killing involved. There's never well, sure. like, go find the root growing out of the side of the cave. Not that I have experienced yet, but I actually haven't, I mean, I haven't been do- doing a ton of them. Okay. So it could, they, they could have that kind of thing. But the great part is the bounty, like as soon as you complete the bounty, you get the reward and you can go on to do another bounty. So you're not like locked into like, you're just not, you're not, it's it's snappy. It's really snappy and really satisfying. And okay. I mean, the, it will often oftentimes require like killing stuff, but that's because that's like the, that's the game. Like the game is killing stuff. Sure. Yeah, I was just thinking about my experience playing Lightning Returns, Final Fantasy thirteen three. But that's not part of the title. Lightning Returns, Final Fantasy thirteen. There's a lot of fetching, and some of it is go kill something, but some of it is. Collect three flowers in this meadow. <laughs> you have to run around a meadow and get flowers. Sure, and you, you get them, right? You get well, those flowers. Well, there's monsters there, so you got to fight them incidentally. Yeah, but I bet you got those flowers. Oh, I did. The moon right. blossom flowers and the other ones. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, I don't blame you for getting them. So, um, but that makes more sense than the context of a game that is all about combat to have combat missions. Yeah, it's, it's so it's it's honestly it's really good. It has really kind of refreshed my my love for the game, and I never like kind of lost my love for the game. I always thought the game was a very good game that I never really stopped playing. I would just play something else for a while, and then I'd play Diablo again for like a couple of days and get way back into it. And then leave it again for a bit. But I just, it it's really good. So, I've been playing a lot of that. I have also continued to play Hearthstone. That game is so good. Blizzard, Blizzard has just created, I don't know. I think, I think that Blizzard is quietly going to be having one of the best years that they have ever had. Because they released the Diablo 3 expansion, which is getting rave reviews. First of all, Blizzard doesn't make bad stuff, right? They right. Don't make, they don't make bad games. So they released the Diablo 3 expansion, which is getting great reviews. They released a brand new intellectual property, Hearthstone. Just came out full. There's, it's not in beta anymore. So anybody can download it for free and play. Um, and it's a, free, it's a free-to-play game. So, And it's a very good... I think it's a very good free-to-play game. And then in December, their next World of Warcraft expansion is coming out. So... I just, I really think that Blizzard is having like one of, is going to have like one of the best years that they've ever had for those reasons. They don't come out with three games ever. Like, that's a ton for them. What is Hearthstone? Did you re- review that before? I talked about it. So, uh, Hearthstone is a collectible card game. Oh, that's digital- the CCG. Yeah, it's a digital collectible card game. Um, just the, they have. They've just made such a great game. So I talked about the systems before. I'll briefly go over them again. Basically, everything has a mana cost. You have a board that you play stuff. There are spells and minions. Um, Minions stay out. Spells are one-time use in general. Um, The minions can attack either other minions or they can attack your actual opponent because your opponent is a person that you have to kill. You start with 30 health. Um, There's a mana cost for everything. You start the game with one mana on your first turn, and that escalates by one mana every turn. So the next turn you'll have two mana, the next turn you'll have three mana, the next turn you'll have four. Cards range from anywhere from zero to ten mana, and the maximum mana that you'll ever have is ten. So there's a ton of systems in place. There's a ton of interactions with cards, lots of combos and things that can occur because of the cards. But the real gag of the game is that you choose a class. There are nine. There are nine classes, and there's technically ten classes in World of Warcraft, but they don't have the newest class that was that was introduced in the last expansion, which is the monk. They've got the nine other classes, um, and you choose a class, and you have class-specific cards that you can use in your deck. So every class is different. So every deck is different, which is interesting. It makes it really fun to play. Because every deck is going to be so different. Right. Um, and uh, and then there's a bunch of ways to play the game within the game. So, like, you can play against computer opponents if you just want to kind of learn the game. So, you don't have to feel pressured. If you want to, if you just want to download this game and, and screw around with it, listener, you can just download it for free. Use one of the basic decks that, like, they just give you in the game. They unlo- They give you all of the heroes. You can just... You can just use whatever hero you want to try and play against the computer as much as you want to get a feel for the game. And as you're playing against the computer, you're actually unlocking new cards. Um, 
so that's cool, right? Um, but you once you hit level 10 with each of your characters and you've unlocked all of the basic set, the only way you can level up your character after that and level up their deck is by playing humans. So you have the ability just to play humans with your deck, which is cool. Um, they'll give you a new quest every day. And if you complete the quest, you get a, an amount of in-game currency, gold. For 100 gold, you can buy a new pack, which has five cards in it, with at least one rare or better, like a collectible card game does. Sometimes you can get more than that. Um, sometimes, you know, you'll at least get one rare item. Um, and that costs 100 gold. You'll get a new quest every day. They can stack. You can have up to three active quests at once. So, like, if you can't get back to Hearthstone for a couple of days, that's okay. Because if you've got a clear quest board, if you wait three days, you'll get three quests when you log back in on the third day. Nice. Yeah, which is cool. You can't get any more than that, so you need to, like, clear that board out every once in a while if you want to keep playing the game. But the quests give you anywhere from 40 to 60 gold. So, like, you'll be generally getting a new pack every day or so. Um, or every other day or so. Uh, and the other thing that they've got that, that, so you can just, you can just randomly play against other humans with whatever deck you create out of the cards that you get out of these packs. But the other thing that they have is something called the arena and the arena in beta. I believe you could only enter the arena with real money. They now have the ability to enter the arena with the in-game currency costs 150 gold to enter the arena. And what this is, is it's a draft. So, every deck is 30 cards big. You'll get your choice of three different heroes that are randomly chosen. Three of the different hero classes. And then you start to draft cards. You'll get, you'll be shown a set of three cards. You get to pick one of them. That happens 30 times, which will give you a deck of 30 cards. Everybody that enters the arena does this. You do not get to use your own cards in the arena. So, in theory, it's going to be even. Whenever you enter the arena, no matter who you're playing against, you could be playing against the best players in the world, and the decks should be re- should be even if you drafted well, like a sealed deck tournament. Exactly, but a little like a bit se- different. Right, right, but the the idea is that is like a sealed deck tournament. So when you go into the arena, you have three losses, and the goal is to get as many wins as you can. And the more wins you get, the more rewards you get. So I've done the arena twice. And I've got I got two wins before I was knocked out each time. And with those wins, I got, like, one time I got 60 gold and a pack, like a pack of cards, and one time I got 40 gold and a pack. Wow, and how much how much gold is it to enter again? 150 gold. Oh, okay. So basically so, it was a wash. It was basically a wash in terms of me, like, buying them myself. But the point is, is I got to actually play the game while I was doing that. Yeah, that's right. definitely more funner. Yeah, yeah, and the because the decks, uh, because the decks are you know going to be even in theory it's a lot you have a lot you have a lot closer games because of that yeah it um, sounds well balanced because if you won twice before getting knocked out that means you won twice and lost three times yeah and you yeah i mean you can you keep you keep playing and keep winning as much as you can until you get that third loss so like you could lose twice and then win nine games in a row and you're still playing right yeah yeah it's only until you get that third loss um, so it's just, it's a really cool system and they've got just, because of like the, the interplay of the cards and stuff, like the possibilities are just endless. It's, it is really fun. It's really, really fun. Maybe I'll check it out. Is this through steam or just through blizzard? 
No, they have their own proprietary system, of course, because they were the ones that invented it. So they've got Battle.net. So you oh, just right. down, you download their Battle.net client, and anybody would have access to this with their Battle.net client. But then it's got all your other Blizzard games, too, as part of your Battle.net and, client. And you prefer this game over Soulforge? I do, and I talked about why on the last episode, but it just seems like there's... there. It is more finely tuned than Soulforge is. Sure, okay. Yeah. Because I still see a lot of our friends, our our friend John, who co-hosted our Tower Defense episode, is still, every couple times I get on Steam, he's playing Soulforge. Yeah, I, be- I mean, I believe it. And I don't think Soulforge is bad. It's just I re- Hearthstone is a better tuned game. It really is. All right, I might check it out. Are there, there are... Are there tournaments for these games? Like Yeah, yeah. So I don't think I think Soulforge has some community run tournaments. Hearthstone has the intention they've got the intention, from what I understand, of being an esport. So they're already hosting tournaments. Like they just did a, a college tournament where like the winner won a won a uh I think it was like six thousand dollar grant or something like that. Nice. Yeah. Um so yes, I mean they 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 are trying to be about as legit as you can get. All right, that sounds good. Well, guess I have to download it now. Give me one more freaking game to play, and it's free. Yeah, it's that, free. That's so pretty can... awesome. Yeah, and and I also saw a statistic not too long ago that that showed that like the top, it was like eight of the top ten. I could be pulling that number right out of my ass, but it was some percentage like that of Hearthstone of Hearthstone's top players mm-hmm. never spent a dime. So it is perfectly reasonable that you could you could get a lot of enjoyment out of this game be good at this game without having to spend any money on it at all what's the ratio like for league of legends well that so that's kind of a different that's kind of a different thing to be honest because in league of legends um you would they have like a free rotation of heroes right that you get every week but then you can unlock heroes with in-game currency as you play the game. Right. So, like, if if you're good at the game, I guess you you don't need to spend any money because you're just you're good with various heroes. Okay. No one so, ever decides like I'm really good at this particular character class, so they pay to unlock it and always play as it. Right. So, so in a collectible card game, you've got various tiers of cards, and like the legendary cards in Hearthstone are incredible, right? And if you go into a game where you are are playing with decks that you create, if you play a deck with a bunch of legendaries and you're just starting, you're going to get destroyed. But in League of Legends, every hero is tuned to be equal. So sure. like, there's no there's no there's no real benefit to spending money in League of Legends. Well, but don't they play differently? I mean, because Risk of Rain. Yes. Like, yeah. Oh, the, they play very differently. That's the whole point of it. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Risk of Rain. I'm way better with some characters than others, even though there are clearly benefits and the opposite of benefits for each of those. So, with League of Legends, if I'm really comfortable playing a ranger, if that's a thing, or something, and you know what I mean, like, wouldn't some people buy it to suit their playstyle? Yeah, but I mean, for the ma- the majority of people, they're able to buy those just through regular playing of the game. Oh, because it's available from the in-game currency. Yeah, I mean, you're t- like you've got like a hundred and eight heroes or something like that in League of Legends. Oh, I didn't know there were that many. Yeah, there's a ton. There's a ton. So like, they couldn't make they couldn't make them too horribly expensive, or like, you would never have access to a good number of them. Got it. Okay. 
Yeah, so like if you find one that you absolutely fall in love with, you can generally afford it after a little bit of playing. All right. Well, maybe I'll check out Hearthstone since League of Legends is too involved. It's, pretty, it's hardcore for a free game for me to play. Yeah. Oh, and the great, the other great thing about Hearthstone is the matches last anywhere from like four to ten minutes. Oh, super fast, super snappy. It's great. Like it is the perfect amount of time. <sighs> Thank you. For, I mean, I'm glad you're at least, if you're going to make me have fun playing a video game, I'm glad you're at least not making me pay money to do it. Like I said, Blizzard Blizzard doesn't make bad stuff. They know what the hell they're doing. I mean, they're they're a pretty awesome company. They really are. But isn't Activision not an awesome company? Yeah, but it's pretty apparent that Blizzard is kind of is is kind of autonomous. Too, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of too big to let Activision push it around, I think. Um, it's so interesting to me that Activision force-feeds gamers a new Call of Duty game every year. Every year, mind you. And they let Blizzard get a... Well, I, although I guess World of Warcraft subscriptions alone make them millions a, a month, right? They do. Those are down now, of course. Because I they're, know they're, they're starting to go down. I, I did hear that somewhere. But they still have, what, like... A lot. They've got a lot. Several million... Paying yeah. ten, 10 bucks a month, right? Yeah, I think the number is still above seven million, and it's fifteen a month. Okay, so they're making close a to a hundred million dollars a month on. Yeah, that's a lot of money, and obviously some of that goes back towards paying for lots of things like community moderation and servers and things like that. So it makes sense, but that's that's a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Those guys know what they're doing. They do. So, so what's next for you? Um, well, I still, uh, I still want to complete uh, Bravely Default. I'm, I'm pretty close to being done with that. Um, but other than that, like, I don't really have a lot else on my plate. I bought Arkham Origins, which I actually, I actually want to play. I wanted to play that since it came out. But what it, about Wonderful One Hundred and One? That's on my list too. Look, I got a kid now. It's there's the time thing is much much different than it used to be. It's fine. Just let me know ahead of time if you play Wonderful 101 because that's next on my list. Is it? Yes. Yes. After Lightning Returns, 104 101 is definitely going to happen finally. I've been well, sitting me- on it for a while cuz I I wanted I I I had a JRPG itch that that I really needed to scratch. And I had to get that out of the way, but now I, I really, really, really want to play it. All right. Well, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll play it with you. Well, yeah. Just don't start without me, because I have to beat Lightning Returns first. God knows I'm going to have a lot to say about that game. Yeah, I I need to hear more about uh, Bunavelza. Yeah, Bunavelza. Yeah, Bunavelza. Sure. And with that, our listeners, first of all, please, please. Go to our website and comment on this if you want to let us know what you're playing this weekend. And we could use some new iTunes reviews. We love the ones we have, but we haven't had any new ones lately. So No, I think the last one's from October. So, yeah, please, go on iTunes. That's a long time. Go on iTunes yeah. and give us an iTunes review. Tell us what you think about uh, our podcast on iTunes. And one other game I may actually buy that I'm looking forward to more than I thought I would. I don't know if you're going to get this or if you've heard of this. Goat Simulator. <laughs> I have heard of Goat Simulator. I saw I saw a fantastic gif. You may have actually been the one that posted it of a goat getting run over by a car. Yes. And just flying through the air and it looked amazing. I have watched 
a couple of, I've watched just from the gameplay trailer, I may buy this game. Not even kidding. I, I, it's kind of meant to be fun, isn't it? It's, it's meant to be ridiculous. I've, yeah. I've, I've, the explosions and you fly around and, ah, uh, listener, go Google or search on YouTube for Goat Simulator. It, it looks like one of the most ridiculously broken and buggy games ever made, and they don't care. I'm sure that's what they're going for. If it's less than ten bucks, I'm gonna pick it up. In fact, I may even pick it up if it's ten bucks, and I don't know why. What's wrong with me, dude? How many games can you play as a as a goat? That's true. That's. I mean, true. I can I can name about six, right? So that's not that many. Can you? Nope. Do it. I just I just said I couldn't. Doesn't matter. Was, don't care. I was I was lying. Don't care. Do it anyway. Do it, Delza. Do it, Telza. Final Fantasy villain? Yes. Do you, do you see what I, I juxtaposed is what I did. Okay. okay. Very good. Very good. You did a fantastic ju- juxtapose. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's raining here. Yeah. I don't think it's raining. I think I think you're just dumb. I think I think you're just dumb. <laughs>